and it is uh, that time again. Very, very excited. It's the the dream team again. Dennis Stewart, you're stuck with me again for a Friday. Oh, what a worry! <laughs> now, look, we've covered a lot of material over the last couple of weeks. Yes, what will you yes. be talking about with us today? Look, I, I thought we'd look at the topic of fibre. We've been looking at factors in the diet that are good or bad for us, and we've been looking at, for instance, the way in which what I call the carbohydrate addiction, uh, emphasised by the way in which particularly uh, sugar has become obsessive in our diet, and we've looked at the damage that that has done in precipitating various diseases, particularly, say, type 2 diabetes. Today, I want to look at a more positive aspect of, of diet and food and look at the way in which something brought into the diet that's not perhaps there as much as it should be can be remarkably beneficial in addressing so many diseases. I want to look at the importance and role of fibre in the human diet. Well, we will have a look at that as well. Now, for everybody that uh, calls up and asks Dennis a question today, Dennis, this a bit of a pack. What This is a pack that everybody's going in the drawer for. It looks like a beauty pack, but it's not, is it? It's a, it's a great pack. It's a, a range of products put out by some very good local people, products like Stiff Sore and Sorry, which we frequently mention on the program. Yes. A great product that's used topically for the management of many aches and pains and I know that here people that uh, produce that product, I would like to think that I had a little bit to do with it. In the pack also are other products like your mate, which is very good for uh, getting rid of um, mosquitoes and things like that. It's a nice gift pack and it's here and as we will say as we go through the program, all callers who ring in and ask a question about what we're talking about will be put in the drawer, so to speak, to receive this pack which can be picked up from my rooms at 39 Alma Road, New Lambton, as from Monday. We've got Vicky from Berkeley Vale. Vicky, you Vicky, looking for something to relieve pain from fibromyalgia? That's right, yes. Yes, very painful. <laughs> yeah, not long ago I've been diagnosed with it and um, I've been put on Celebrix, but of course that's not doing much, so I'm just wondering if there's something out there well, that might be a bit better for my body, that okay. <laughs> might help. Look, yeah. what you have is a, is a, is a nasty condition and the doctor mm-hmm. has prescribed a, an anti-inflammatory because your condition is characterised yeah. by pain and inflammation. It's a fairly common condition that you have. Look, yeah. sometimes the pain is so acute that the medical um, prescribing is the only way to go. But there is a, yeah. point, there is a point at which sometimes some of the softer options uh, can, can jump in and do the job. I'll make a few recommendations that, yeah. that are not expensive and are very, very yeah. safe. Uh, but yeah. again, again, depending upon uh, your acuteness or your chronic state, that will determine whether my recommendations are as useful for you as, as perhaps they, they could be. The first thing that yeah. I, would, I would suggest is that um, you think about managing it topically to a degree, and we've, yeah. men- we've mentioned already today a product called Stiff Sore and Sorry. Um, I've mentioned that I had a little bit to do with that and I know the people that uh, produce the product, they're local people and it is a good product and it does give some degree of pain relief uh, for the areas that are affected. So first of all, um, get hold of some Stiff Sore and Sorry and start to work on the areas that are affected with that product. Now, you're on an anti-inflammatory from your doctor, and that's great. And we've got to say to ourselves, what other things might be useful of a softer option to take over when this medication um, has done its job, perhaps? What I'd suggest you do is think 
of a herb that I don't really mention that much, but uh, for your condition, it uh, could be quite useful. Uh, it's a herb that's not difficult to get hold of, and it's a herb called Devil's Claw, a terrible name. Uh, I could also... Yeah. It's, botani- <laughs> it's, it's, it's botanical name is Harpagophytum, which is probably more um, vicious to, to talk about. It comes from southwest Africa. It was made famous by German colonists, and it's in the German pharmacopoeia and in most literature. Yeah. And um, it's a useful anti-inflammatory agent for many um, myalgic conditions and uh, I would suggest that you try it when you yeah. are, when you are ready to uh, yeah. give yourself a go at something a little bit softer than what you're presently taking. Outs- outside yeah. of, outside of Devil's Claw as oral medication, you could think of the of the following herbs that might be worked through progressively. The yeah. the, the herb that might be useful also is a, an extract from the herb turmeric, which is called curcumin. And it's it's, it's very, very popular these days as uh, perhaps an alternative Um, anti-inflammatory. And and thirdly, thirdly, never forget the oldest uh, anti-inflammatory substance in the world, and that is the willow bark. A lot of people don't appreciate the way in which willow bark over the centuries, over in fact the thousands of years, has been acknowledged as one of the great agents to bring about some analgesia and some anti-inflammatory effect. And I've been so impressed uh, with willow bark that, in fact, I've, I've had a sort of a, a, new, a fresh awakening to it. I've always used it, but of late, yeah. to make it available to my clients and patients, I have um, produced a willow bark tea, which is inexpensive and allows, oh. allows an ordinary consumer to use the product and gain some of the benefits from it. It's, of course, okay. av- available from my rooms at 39 Alma oh. Road, New Lapton. All right, yep, okay. okay. I'll, yeah, I'll I'm on the Central Coast. Is there anywhere down on the Central yeah. Coast? Uh, uh, yes, uh, look, let me think. Whereabouts on the Central yeah. Coast are you? Um, at Berkeley Vale. Berkeley Vale. Yes, yeah. look, what I suggest you do is ring my rooms on 49 yeah. 56 yeah. And we'll arrange okay. to get whatever you're looking for to you right. or, or steer you in the direction where you can okay. get it. Okay, that'd be good. That'd be very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Vicky. Some great information there. Now, Dennis, on to our topic today, which yes. is fibre. Yes. Now, you do continually emphasise the importance of various foods and herbs sure. in maintaining sure. health. Sure. Um, what exactly does fibre do to the body and why is it so valuable? Oh, look, it is. It is one of the most important substances in our diet and yet in modern times it's be- become probably one of the most bypassed substances because as we have become, uh, if you like, more modern, more trendy, more progressive... A bit, bit uh, like oh, yourself, Dennis. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. How, how can I respond to that? D- don't look at the video, listeners, you'll be let down. But as we've become all those things, mm. our food chain has, has suffered, and fibre is one of those things that has suffered because fibre is a substance. It's, in fact, a carbohydrate substance, but it's not a digestible substance. We don't assimilate it. And as such, when it goes through the system, it has remarkable effects on the gut, but it also has effects elsewhere in the body. And the reason why it hasn't been uh, taken note of is that in the modern diet, many foods are processed. 
many, many foods are processed. Even the, the, the bread we eat uh, can sometimes be so processed that the amount of fibre in it is significantly reduced. And with the reduction in fibre as a result of the modern diet, as a, re as a result of the refined diet, the reduction in fibre has caused a whole spectrum of diseases ranging from gastrointestinal diseases such as diverticulitis, ranging through even to uh, cholesterol problems, ranging through even to things like elevated blood sugar levels. So the importance of fibre is such that if it is not in the diet, one opens oneself to a whole gamut of health problems that can easily be rectified by on a daily basis appreciating where fibre comes from, what it can do, and, and how it can change your, your disease predisposition. It is uh, Carleen from Cahaiba. You actually want to talk, Carleen, about uh, stiff, sore and sorry. You're on yes, please. I want some good information. Hello, Carleen. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. How can we help you? Well, um, my mother uses it, and she's always trying to get me to use it. Oh, yes. And, uh, pardon? She does. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, and um, I've got a bursar on the back of my knee, and I was wondering yes. if it's any good for that. Look, I would think that that would be an area where it could be most useful. Yeah. Um, always when, when one talks or gives recommendations, one can only sort of give uh, you know, tentative advice because every individual is different. Yeah. But it's such a safe product and with such a broad spectrum of, of applications that I, I'd have to say that it could be useful. Oh, good. Um, and and, and uh, look, um, it's, it's worthwhile giving a go because it is safe. And it's very well, um, how can I call it, very well formulated. Yes. It's, it's based on two herbs whose chemistry and activity is well known. It's, All right. it's based on the European herb Arnica, which has a long European history in addressing inflammatory conditions. And it also incorporates what's called the oleoresin of capsicum, oh, which, okay. which, which is known to have some significant ability to reduce pain. So, look, I'd give it a go. Well, it's helped her, and I thought, well, I'll ring up to make sure. But I've tried to get it, and a lot of people haven't got where, it. Where do you live? Um, Cahiba. Okay, yes. look, look um, you can always pick up Stiff, Sore and Sorry from my rooms at New yes. Lambton, 39 Alma Road. Okay. It's always available from there. Okay, oh, well, that's good. Yep. Thank you very much, Carleen. Now, just before we go yep. to the break, Dennis, uh, Jean from Mayfield rang, and she wanted to know if she can take turmeric in conjunction with fish oil capsules uh, to relieve osteoarthritis. Got some words for Jean? Yes, Jean, look, th those two substances that you've mentioned are very complementary substances. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis is uh, a condition that's characterised by inflammation, obviously, and significant pain. Um, the fish oils have a good uh, write-up, if we use that terminology in the literature. In fact, I was discussing them yesterday in my rooms with a patient um, fish oils are useful, but as I said to the gentleman, they have to be taken in a significant dosage. I recommend fish oils to be taken in about 6,000 milligrams a day mm. to initiate the possible reduction in inflammation that they can induce. Now, they are entirely different in their chemistry to curcumin. Curcumin, as I keep saying on the program, is an extract or an isolate from the herb turmeric. And as such, it's a plant-based substance which is much more explicitly anti-inflammatory than the fish oils. The fish oils work against inflammation, but arguably along different pathways. When we're looking at curcumin, it's a fairly conventional pathway 
that uh, a chemist or even a doctor would understand. So I would say there would be no problem uh, with appending uh, curcumin to your use of the fish oils. I could see no clash in using either of them. Um, I would consider them to be, in fact, a good combination. We have Sophie joining us at the moment. Sophie, you've got a question for Dennis. Uh, yes. Hello, I'm Sophie. calling for my friend, who, who is um, really embarrassed to call in the radio. So, um, she's diagnosed with the, uh, the fragilis. Uh, could you say that again, Sophie? Uh, the fragilis. Sort of like a uh, diantha or something. I'm having difficulty understanding what you're you're saying there. Uh, go slowly, and I'll try and, and and make it for you. Okay, one second. I just have to spell it for you. It's uh, it's abbreviation is like di- diantha fragilis. F-R-A-G-I-L-I-S. That's fragile, yes. Yeah, that's the, the amoeba, the parasites. Oh, I, look, I'm not, I'm not sure that I can answer it because I'm, I can't understand your phraseology. What, what I would suggest you do so that we can talk about it more leisurely, give me a ring at my rooms this afternoon. I'll give you a number and that will allow me to, to work through uh, your dialect and what you are trying to say. Note, yes, no, note the number four nine. One second, just have to get the pen. Uh, note the number. I tell you what, Soph, we might just put you on hold and uh, we'll get that number to you. So thank you so much uh, for that this afternoon. Uh, Dennis, back to fibre, which is our, our topic this afternoon. Uh, what major areas do you think fibre has its benefits and where it, it has been recognised? Well, look, the area in modern times that it has been mostly recommended for is the area of what we call the large bowel or the colon. Now, that's a part of our body which is prone to very many serious diseases and it has been shown that a lot of those diseases, or we'll say some of those diseases, can be related to this lack of fibre that's in the Western diet. And diseases of the large bowel, one of them in particular is called diverticulosis, where the bowel wall becomes deformed and develops pockets. And those pockets can be become inflamed and infected, and the patient can then experience what's called diverticulitis, which is a nasty disease requiring medical treatment, usually with antibiotics. It has been shown initially through the work of a, of a British doctor, Dennis Burkett, I think he was named, his name was, who demonstrated that the inclusion of fibre into the diet had a significant effect on lessening the episodes of diverticulitis, which is perfectly understandable because what fibre does particularly soluble fibre, as it moves through the gastrointestinal tract, it improves the characteristics of the, of the stool and it works against the colon wall uh, becoming narrowed. In fact, it causes the colon wall to develop its normal configuration and this mm. lessens the likelihood of pockets forming. So the inclusion of fibre in the diet, this indigestible carbohydrate, we can't digest it. It works through the system. And what it does is it works through the system. It forms the characteristic stool that we have and a better formed stool it lessens constipation and a better formed stool 
lessens the likelihood of the bowel wall becoming deformed and developing diverticulitis. So one of the things that is so important to get over to, particularly the younger people, although to all of us it's important, is to start to appreciate that fibre on a daily basis, either in food or as a supplement, is so crucial, so crucial for overcoming one of the most target zones of the human body, that is the large bowel. Diverticulosis is just one um, disease of that area. Other diseases, even things like hemorrhoids, or what we used to call piles, can be complicated or contributed to by a lack of fibre in the diet because of the way in which that causes the whole process of defecation to be much more worked at, if you like, in a diet where the stool is underformed and a lot of stress around the anal region can cause a lot of things such as hemorrhoids as well as bleeding. So fibre, 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 particularly soluble fibre, is so important that I can't emphasise it enough that this substance, whereas in the in the other weeks we've been talking about getting away from things like, like sugar and things like that, this week we're emphasising for goodness sake, start to use fibre and get away from refined foods and particularly lessen the likelihood of bowel pathologies and bowel diseases developing later in life. So, Dennis, if we are concerned about yeah, this, yeah. and particularly with our Western diet that seems sure, to be everywhere, sure. um, where would some of the best foods be that we can get okay. a, pack a lot more fibre into oh, our diet? This, this is so easy to answer. Um, one doesn't have to go out and spend a million dollars to cover one's basis in this. Basically what we're saying is that fibre occurs as a natural component of fruits, vegetables and grains. But what we're looking at today is, of course, the way in which the eating of fruit is not as popular as it used to be. When I was going to school, everyone took an apple. That's not the score today, I would argue. Mm. But fruit is one of your best sources of fibre. Vegetables, particularly uncooked, or conservatively cooked vegetables, contain fibre. And the inclusion of these foods more regularly into the diet can give you at least a modicum of fibre that works in the direction of good health. Uh, eating, eating fruit probably is one of the most significant, if not the most significant way of getting fibre into the diet. And outside of that, of course, one could also think about those direct uh, other foods in the grain area, like, for instance, oat bran. Oat bran is, 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 a, is a common, cheap, available substance which has remarkable, let me emphasise, remarkable possibilities right in helping the upper gut, i.e. the stomach, right through to the large bowel in maintaining health. And I can talk about that a little bit later, but things like fruit, vegetables, particularly in their raw, unprocessed form, uh, think about grains and in particular oats and oat bran. And in a moment we'll talk about two supplement forms that are popularly used to achieve the benefits of fibre, particularly where there's a medical condition. You mentioned a couple of things that were fairly inexpensive. There really is no excuse. I mean, we always say, oh, it's too dear to eat good food. But, you know, I think we just cop out a lot of the time, don't we? Look, I think we do. Yeah. I, look, one encouraging thing is I think my observation is that there's a growing awareness on the part of people mm. of trying to get back to basics. People, in my opinion, are 
becoming more interested in what they eat. People are becoming more innovative in the foods that they're eating and they're selecting. Like when I was growing up in this town many, 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 many decades ago. You were only a couple of years behind me at school, Dennis, weren't you? (laughs) Many decades ago, one would would never have eaten, say, eggplant. True. Now, eggplant is part and parcel of my mm. diet. One, one would never have seen it, particularly in the working-class areas in Newcastle. We were a working-class city in those days. I would have thrown, I'll throw another one at you, yeah. avocado. Avocado. Mm. I love it. Every, have it every day at lunch, yeah. my staff would tell you that. Yet, growing up, it was something that we never Unheard had. Unheard of. Uh, guess what I'm saying is, look, one can't be too pessimistic, and my emphasis on this program is to try to rev people up to become interested in what they're eating, and to see that food is not just something to taste. Food is your best medicine. And what we're saying today is that component of food, known as fibre, is one of your best medicines to address many diseases. Dennis Stewart, we're back next Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.